Oil, a major pregame hotspot near ASU, missed the traditional Pac-12 foes, and a brewery has dozens of major awards. But does the owner really know which beer is most decorated? That's next on the Phoenix Magazine podcast. Welcome to the Phoenix Magazine podcast for the week of August 16. I'm Matt Johnson, Director of Digital Content, and on this episode, we have Julian Wright, founder and owner of Petal House Brewery. We talked to him at the original Tempe location, where now all the brewing equipment is no longer. It's been moved, and we get into the reasons for that and what he's now planning to do with all that extra space in the place. It's not quite the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air empty living room meme, but uh, it should be much, much more populated, bigger, and better. This episode is sponsored by Garrison Brothers Distillery. The high fashion takeover is coming soon from the great Garrison Brothers Distillery that makes all of its handcrafted award-winning bourbons on its ranch in High, Texas. Throughout the month of September, Garrison Brothers presents the high fashion takeover Bars and restaurants are invited to create their own innovative old-fashioned recipes featuring Garrison Brothers bourbon. The Garrison Brothers Distillery is the first legal bourbon distillery outside of Kentucky and makes premium bourbons that are rich, bold, and sweet without the heat. It's served best however you like your bourbon, neat, over ice, or in a craft cocktail. Craft cocktail, like America's favorite cocktail, the old-fashioned, for more information on the High Fashion Takeover, visit highfashion.com. That's high with H-Y-E, highfashion.com. Now here's the interview that we jump right into with Julian Wright at Pedal House. You're telling me how you didn't like IPAs or you, you were kind of like hesitant to first brew an IPA? Yeah. Do you still well, kind of feel that, that way or? Um, I mean, nothing personal against IPAs, but when we opened Pedal House and uh, 2015, it was sort of like the hops arms race and everyone was trying to out hop each other. Yeah. All you heard about in the craft beer world was, was about IPAs and, um, you know, one being stronger than the next. Um, and the reason we have uh, house in our name spelt H-A-U-S is because I always sit out to cheers, by the way, cheers, set out to uh, focus more on German styles. Sure, sure. Or excuse me, um, I guess European in general. Yeah, like true to style, right? In fact, the yeah. first beer we brewed was uh, our Belgian Wit Beer Blanche, which um, has actually won a couple back-to-back gold medals, uh, partly because um, our brewer, well, the whole brewing team, but Doc, who sources the ingredients, he gets the yeast from a brewery in Belgium called West Mile. He uses actual Moroccan orange peel versus any kind of syrups. So it's very authentic and, and delicious, but... um. Yeah, so getting back to 2015, <clears throat> personally, my the style I like has always been German-style lagers, especially here in Arizona where it's kind of toasty. And I was like, yeah, we'll let everyone else fight over the IPAs. We'll kind of be over here doing lagers and whatnot. And uh, it's interesting because fast forward to 2023, and, and probably the thing, one of the hottest trends in, in at least the craft beer world is people doing lagers and lighter beers. So um, it's kind of cool. It's come around, but um, I, I've always loved loggers. I, I mean, I tell will. you, a summer like this, nothing better than a logger or a light, like a Pilsner is what I'm having. That's what you're having, yeah. right? Yeah, this is my go-to, our German-style Pilsner, and it's delicious. Arizona Craft Beer Award winning gold medalist uh, for 2022. Are you guys coming back for more awards this year? 
Yeah, we just got three recently. Um, I'd have to look them up. I think it was at the North American Beer Awards. I forget which three they were, but I think a couple of more beers we hadn't won uh, in the past for. So yeah. it was pretty cool. And I think they're all lighter style beers. Sure. Too. Yeah, I had my notes here. Um, you guys have, you know, you have your tab on a website dedicated to awards. Yeah. Is that something that when you opened in 2015 that you kind of um, wanted to establish or is that kind of evolved over the years? Definitely not something we like focused on, set out to or even talked about. But I do remember literally the day we won our first uh, award. I think Doc, our brewer, my partner called me. I think I was on the Boardwalker Beach or something in, in California. And he's like, we won a gold medal. And I think it was for Dortmunder, which is another killer German style beer. Not one that pops up on a lot of menus here in Arizona, no. for sure. In fact, I will say that I'll go on record as saying I still think that's my favorite beer that Doc's ever brewed. It's a full, full bodied lager. Uh, so has a lot of flavor, but I think people were just getting tripped up on the name Dortmunder and it's not a style that people had ever heard of. So I think once we started brewing the Pilsner, which is still, you know, very good classic German style beer, it just kind of eclipsed the sales of the Dortmunder. So it's now a perennial beer that we brew. Yeah. But I, yeah, I remember that day and just being like, um, so stoked and like blown away and proud and. Yeah, so I wouldn't say we're definitely chasing any medals, but I think, you know, based on Doc's ability and how long he's been brewing and, and the team that's now brewing the beers pretty consistently, it's not a too big of a surprise that we win medals and yeah. recognition because he's just a badass brewer. I was going through your through your list and, you know, you have beers that are multiple winners over the different competitions and everything. Mm. Do you know which uh, is your most awarded beer? Um, I'm pretty sure it's our day drinker light lager. OK, I had that. I had that as seven awards along yeah. with the beer Blanche here. It would be right. Is that? Yeah. 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 Blanche or white indicates wheat in a beer okay so beer blanc. and then your tripel had six awards on your website what was the beer blanc was it seven oh uh, seven yeah oh, so you got okay. a tie going yeah, right now okay. <laughs> so that's recently caught up for a long time it was always the day drinker uh -huh. i always love telling people the story as a testament to how good our brewers are is that i like to ask him and i'll ask you the same question although i've probably given away the answer what do you think is the hardest beer to brew well i i I think I know that it's a lager, isn't it? Because it's, of how much time there is yeah. and how well, precise you have to be. Lots of different things, right? But whatever is the light, like the lightest beer. Yeah, so a light beer is the answer. light in ABV or light in body. Body, which yeah. Generally, also means ABV, but and the reason, as Doc likes to say, is like uh, you can't hide much when you're wearing a speedo, and you can't hide flaws when you're brewing a really light delicately light body uh -huh. beer um so any off flavors you know anything weird going on and you'll, you'll pick it up pretty easily yeah there's a versus an ipa where you can pile mm -hmm. on the hops and kind of cover your tracks so to speak i was just going to say there's a lot of criticism of ipas like that where it's you know anyone can do that because you can hide so much in it and mess it up and um that's kind of why you see ipas dominate a lot of breweries now but a true to style beer is a lot tougher to make and uh, yeah, light beer is tough. Um, that's why a lot of times, I don't know this for a fact, but my suspicion is 
a lot of startup breweries, especially if the brewer is not super experienced, they kind of shy away from those beers. It's really hard to stick mm-hmm. the landing and, and make them clean and pure. So I think that's pretty cool that the for a long time, Light Lager was our number one most awarded beer. Yeah, yeah. And it's also cool that the beer Blanche has caught up to it because, um, I mean, that's also pretty tricky. I mean, not everyone wants to source actual Moroccan orange peels and import their yeast from Belgium, but um, it, it's also a beautiful beer. It's the first beer we ever brewed here. It's that Belgian whip. So it's still um, around after eight years. That That's awesome. So, yeah, you guys uh, still going strong eight years. Now you got three locations here in the Valley. We're at the, uh, we just jumped right into the interview, but uh, I'll introduce you again. Julian Wright, founder of Petal House Brewery. We're at the Tempe location and we are talking all things Petal House because a lot of exciting things going on here, right? Um, and one of the big things is you guys are just at Best Fest and I was talking to your marketing person there, Porn Beers, and chatting with her a little bit and she mentioned this housewarming party you have coming up. Tell me more about it. What, because um, I'm looking around sheets over here um just beyond this room we're sitting at you got rid of all the brewing production right we did yeah so we've been running into capacity issues with the sized brew house that we had here in the restaurant in tempe and the amount of uh, fermentation tanks and just being able to keep up with the volume especially after adding phoenix uh and super bowl kind of kicked our ass and then you know this next location opening this month is in the airport and there's just no way like we you know a year ago we knew there was just no way we were going to be able to keep up so we started looking um probably even more than a year ago to find a bigger production facility which was difficult uh but we did find like the near perfect one in chandler so we slowly started constructing it and preparing to move the brewery out of this location into that location. Uh, we actually sold most of our brew house and fermentation tanks to Arizona wilderness. Um, and then for a while, we, like they're, they're, they're having a new location yeah, too, right? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It might be for the, maybe location. they're using it for I'm that. Yeah. I'm hundred percent sure to be honest with you. But so we went out and doubled the size. We bought a one that was twice as big, could brew twice as much, and then added some bigger fermentation tanks in Chandler. So, so people are drinking more beer. Is that, is that more of your beer, right? Yeah, is that what you're saying? I guess so. I mean, we're certainly selling a lot of it at our own locations, and we sell quite a bit of it to restaurants and bars around town. Yep. Yeah, I'll always see it. Um, like I'm more of a like a Far East Valley. I'll see it at beer barn all the time. Mm-hmm. There's always a pedal house. Um, I think like Trevor's usually has something yeah, on yeah. on tap. Um, but no, go on. You so this new production facility in so Chandler that left this yeah. gaping hole in our interior here in Tempe, which you know we always knew we were gonna convert to more dining. Um, we do a lot of private events or you know corporate parties, birthday parties, what have you, and. Sometimes we don't have enough room for them, <clears throat> whether there's multiple ones going on at a time or they just need bigger space. So, yeah, we designed uh, what was the former brewing space in a new dining room and added a stage for live music so we can have at least weekly bands play, probably during happy hour on a Friday. Had that is, been part of this brewery before, like a space for live music or entertainment um, like that? or? We've done bands before, but usually for like a special event, like um, anniversary party or St. Patty's Day or something like that. Sure. Never consistently because we don't really have a good place to put them. Yeah. 
like we'd put them up in the beer garden, but it's like, where do you stop the interior house sound music playing in the, in the band? Because it's you know hard to have them throughout the whole place, or you, you can, can't see them throughout the whole place. Yeah, so. you kind of encroach on areas where you, they weren't intended to be, right? Yeah, it just it just it's it's so vast out on our patio. Sure, we haven't been here. It's like a six thousand. Oh yeah, square foot great patio. patio it's yeah, massive, and so they kind of get lost. Yeah. Whereas inside, um, where it's a little smaller. It's a perfect in fact where the stage is is where our grain room used to be. So they're in the corner facing the whole dining room. It's like perfect location. So we're very excited to uh, see how that works out. But yeah, we remodeled the space. It's almost done as every time we've remodeled this space. And for those of you that may have been here since the beginning, you know how many times we've remodeled this space. This is our fourth remodel, believe it or not. Um, it's always just kind of cool to make the new area that we're remodeling feel a little different than the other areas. So they'll have kind of their own personality. And one thing we did with this new space is we built this sort of peaked suspended uh, rustic wood roof over that whole area and added some colorful bar stools and uh, gosh, probably tripled the size of our merchandise area, which is where the couple fermentation tanks used to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's Man, I I renovated my house uh, last year. I don't want to ever go through that again. You're you're now on number four. <laughs> yeah, it's always a pain in the ass. But, but I guess you don't have to live here exciting. during it, right? Yeah, it's kind of it's, it is cool. Um, I'm excited to see what what turns out. Um, the the production facilities. I mean, you guys are you guys going to get into like canning and bottling, or is it just um, for more we beer? Never and intended kegs? to, although that's been a conversation coming up a lot lately. Um, sometimes we can't participate in things because it's can only. Um, so we'd like to be able to participate in some of those things. Also, when we do smaller charity events or something, you know, maybe it's a couple hundred people or 50 people. It's just a lot to drag, you know, kegs and For CO2 sure. tanks and tap handles and all the stuff. It'd be really nice to just tote along some cans and throw them on ice. So we'll see. Right now, it's it's pretty up in the air. Yeah, with cans, you just need a hand truck, you know, some of those cardboard cases and a yeah. like a tub to throw them in, right? Yeah, and rarely do you have issues with line pressure when you're yeah. doing cans, <laughs> which is a huge benefit. So you have uh, these three locations opening. The one in the airport is that mm. that's coming up uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah. What uh, what terminal? Four. Okay, Terminal the Four. New, the new wing or whatever they call it, um, concourse, I guess it would be. Sure. I think it's mostly Southwest. But what's kind of cool is, um, so we're in a food hall. So there's actually five restaurants, I believe. The Pedal House has this kind of uh, center bar in the middle of it all. Oh, um, nice. And it has its own pizza oven, like a pretty legit pizza oven. So we'll be doing pretzels, pizzas, maybe a salad and some breakfast um, and have all the Pedal House beers there. And then two weeks. what is the status on Mesa? Because you guys have been looking at that area for a, for a while, right? The downtown yeah. Mesa. We've been paying rent over there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I went by there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was at Cider Core and I noticed that at least the fencing around that area had your logos all over it and like your uh, your banners or yeah. <laughs> whatever on the fencing. Yeah. So I think we're going to change the banner to coming at some point <laughs> instead of coming soon. No, we actually have just um, 
uh, awarded a bid to a contractor. There's actually the same one doing our uh, remodel here who's awesome. Um, part of the delay, actually most of the delay, was due to just astronomical costs coming right. out of COVID. Right. Or just even the availability of supply like chain stuff for and sure. Equipment and uh, even the power transformer that we ordered is um, 11 months out. So it's not even going to be here for a year. Mm -hmm. At any rate, yeah, hopefully we're going to start construction in January and be open in September ish. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. It's a killer location, as you saw. Oh, it's yeah. Got a huge patio, just like here in Tempe. It's only slightly smaller, but the inside's only about 2,400 square feet. So it's pretty small inside. It feels like the last, um, you know, the last gem that downtown Mesa, if that, if, if that was Thanos, it's like the last infinity stone that downtown Mesa needs is Pedal House to finally open on that corner. Because it's kind of just a this old, what, like an old car washer tire shop? It, yeah, I don't know the full history of it, but it's got those cool floating kind of V awnings. Yeah. Like as if it was a gas uh -huh. station back in the day. I know it was a auto repair shop most recently, okay. but yeah. um, I'm sure there's some history of that building. I'm sure it's been around since the 50s, but yeah, it's rad. Um, and we'll have it like... I guess probably the biggest patio in downtown uh, Mesa and being on that hard visible corner is going to be yeah, cool too. That'll be sweet. So downtown Mesa, yeah. they've uh, kind of leaned in. I, I saw an article this week that they're leaning into like the neon signage on there. Is that yeah. kind of, are you guys thinking to like play along with that sort of thing or is that kind of go yeah, against the pedal house cool, motif? Um, it's almost like reverse floating. The letters are propped up on top of that big awning and they're exposed neon. And uh, that was actually designed ages ago, but it'll be eye-popping. And I've heard since we designed that, I, I, to your point, yeah, I've heard that they're trying to really kind of improve yeah. their sign options and, and encourage people to be colorful and bright. Yeah. So that's cool. I think that, I mean, it's done wonders for Gilbert. I love the signage mm -hmm. down there. For sure. Same yeah. kind of thing. So. Uh, one of the other, uh, things that when you first walk in here and you'll notice part of the renovation is that new mural out front. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. What's the backstory on, um, you guys are really, really into, uh, supporting local Arizona state athletics, right? Yep. I mean, I'm an ASU alum. <laughs> Same. I got a very faded pitchfork tattoo to prove it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to. Like, you know, every time we remodel, we kind of want to take that opportunity to improve other areas of, of the property. And that big gray wall out there is something I've been wanting to put a mural on forever. It never really had any kind of vision on what I wanted to do. I didn't want just a big pitchfork. That's just kind of like predictable. Yeah. Um, so when I was looking at it, above the doorway that's on that wall, there's a, like an air vent pretty big one probably like 30 inches by 24 inches and i don't know it just popped to me that looked like the chest plate of a robot so that's where the robot comes from on okay there. and then the guy that does a lot of my graphic design and i kind of came up with this sort of weird robot asu theme in the desert so <laughs> that's what's out there i think it's cool it's very colorful it's definitely speaks to asu but also it was kind of creative and then incorporates that air vent yeah. into the robot chest but uh so yeah we did that and we're doing all kinds of little stuff as far as like sprucing up the place and sanding some tables and replacing some dead plants and 
eventually going to seal the floors outside once the weather cools down. So we're uh, just a couple weeks away from the college football season starting. ASU, yeah. obviously, it's like just a walk down here. People kind of must, I, I imagine, I, I have friends that come down here and will pregame and then go up to, you know, the game yeah. and come back here. Um, last year, the ASU's in the Pac-12. Are you going to miss some of those fan bases? Hell that yeah. What are, what, are, like, what are some of the experiences like with, you know, are there better fan bases than others? Um, yeah, for sure. There's definitely um, teams in the Pac-12 that travel really well. Like USC has always been pretty big. Obviously, U of A when they're up here. Um, but uh, yeah, some of the Midwest teams, like we had Michigan State out here. I remember Georgia this is going back a couple of years. Obviously, those guys are crazy fanatics. For sure. Um, Ohio State would always travel really well. But yeah, Pac-12. The one that really sticks out is definitely USC, which we have again this year. Who knows if we'll be playing them again? I don't know exactly how it all shakes out. But yeah, I just I'm I'm, I'm gonna miss those rivalries. Uh-huh. You know, it's convenient to go to away games when they're generally along the West Coast. Do you know any anything about like the the Big Twelve teams that we're gonna add next uh, summer that like are fans from Texas Tech? You know, flocking to Tempe uh, or. Um, yeah, I'm thinking Texas Tech has been here before, but maybe it's for a Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they were here a regular season, but I, oh, I know Kansas came for basketball yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I'd have to, to familiarize game. myself with, I think, uh, like an Oklahoma State, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It hasn't totally sunk in. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I was just curious as you know, you, you as a businessman, what yeah. kind of impact do you think that might have if you lose West Coast rivals? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But who knows? Could be good too. Yeah, you know, could be bringing new people to the Tempe that hadn't typically come here because their teams have never played here. Yeah, which I think it's cool. New people have never experienced Mill yeah, Avenue I think, before. My gosh, this is kind of probably a stupid statement, but I feel like sometimes there's so much to do on the West Coast that people aren't as diehard, or they're transplants, right? So they haven't grown up with OSU or Texas as their team for multiple generations. So they may not travel as well to see their team. Whereas I think some of those big 12 teams probably travel pretty good. Yeah, for sure. It's like big, they eat, sleep and breathe, you know, Kansas state basketball and football. And I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to miss the pac 12 a lot. It's like still sinking in, as I mentioned, but yeah, everything evolves over time. Yeah. I was just, I was just curious if you ever noticed that, uh, Oh, a ducks weekend is really important to us in the year or, uh, Obviously, U of A. I think that'll that'll still obviously stay because they're gonna yeah. they're gonna stay in the same conference together with ASU. Which is but huge. That was smart that they kind of stuck together on that. Um, that's a huge fun rivalry, and we're definitely kicking their ass this year. Was there was there any kind of disappointment that the Coyotes didn't come to Tempe for you? Mm, as- I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I was pretty excited about that. I think it would have been really good for the Coyotes organization to be more centrally located. Um, I think it would open up a whole new fan base. Like for me, even having spent a lot of time in my younger years in Canada, just not a massive hockey fan, but I love the idea of going to a hockey game if mm-hmm. it was convenient. Like I'm just not going to drive out to the west side to do it. So I don't know where they're going to land. Um, but they, they obviously they played down here last year. 
Yeah. I don't know if uh, yeah. that picked up uh, business down here or if there's. Yeah, we would see some of it. I mean, obviously, it was a smaller, much smaller arena than I think normal. But yeah, we totally get people coming in for the Coyotes games. And friends of mine that went loved it, especially if they're hockey fans. I mean, it's such an intimate arena. And um, I think they really enjoy it. I think a lot of the games sold out. So, yeah, I wasn't super stoked about the uh, big entertainment district that was going to go around right, it. I'd right. just, uh, like to see Tempe maintain a little bit more of its own identity as far as like as a sort of a downtown. But um, because with that, why? Because that would have brought in like what, like chain restaurants like and to me. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, so you're getting all the traffic and all the crap and it's like, oh, great another yard house like what we do sure you know, sure no offense yard house but um it just wasn't exciting to me i'd rather yeah. see something that kind of only exists in tempe not just another westgate here you know right I mean? right i think that's what a lot of us in the media get wrong about that sort of thing like it's going to create all these jobs and um they don't realize that what you're bringing with it is that that it's it's it has no local feel to it when mm-hmm. when something like that pops up that's precisely why i was wasn't really 100 percent sure how i felt about it for tempe as a whole not just for my businesses like you know i went to asu i've been on the street for 32 years like a majority of my life has been spent in downtown tempe and i've obviously seen a change a ton and i just sometimes worry that its identity is slipping through its fingers and then you just pile on something like the coyotes and the um entertainment district whatever they're calling it and it's just like uh we're just death by a thousand cuts and i massive really kinda, hotels here I, i'd never seen those before massive hotels yeah tempe in the last gosh call it five years but it's probably less yeah it's exploded in growth to where uh, especially because i now live in downtown phoenix i have for two years I'll come here and I'll be like, where the heck did that building come from? Right? I wasn't even here. I don't remember ever seeing <laughs> They're that building them like Lego structures on Christmas, you know? Yeah. yeah. I never noticed before. <laughs> I think it's great to have the hotels. I mean, that brings, that's really, really good for business because obviously when you're traveling, even if it's for business, you're kind of out and about, right? Um, and so that those dollars often get spent here in downtown Tempe. So I'm okay with that. I would love to see, if we're really going to get into it, some little more unique uh, hotel products in addition to the bigger name brands. And maybe that's in the works too. But um, yeah, I just hope Tempe can kind of figure out a way to maintain some identity and some uniqueness as it grows. Yeah. Well, so on that topic that I know this is, you know, Pedal House is when you opened it, you were, um, you're into the cycling community and all that, the, um, you want people to ride their bikes up here and everything. Have you checked out that new cul-de-sac Tempe? Yeah, just we know down those the... folks. Yeah, we know them well. Um, we've done events with them. Um, we've done rides with them. I think it's freaking really innovative and um, visionary project. We'll get right back to the interview at Pedal House, but first a quick word on one of my favorite bourbons, Garrison Brothers. The high fashion takeover is coming soon from the great Garrison Brothers distillery that makes all of its handcrafted award-winning bourbons on its ranch down in High, Texas. Throughout the month of September, Garrison Brothers presents the high fashion takeover. Now what's that? It's about bars and restaurants that are invited to create their own innovative take on the old fashioned but they have to use Garrison Brothers bourbon, and it's going to be fantastic when they do. 
That's because the Garrison Brothers Distillery is the first legal bourbon distillery outside of Kentucky, and it makes its premium bourbons rich, bold, and sweet without the heat. It's served best however you like your bourbon, neat, over ice, or in a craft cocktail like America's favorite cocktail, the Old Fashioned. For more information on the High Fashion Takeover, visit highfashion.com. That's H-Y-E, highfashion.com. Now back to more with Julian Wright at Pedal House. Uh-oh, here comes round two of the brewskis. Thank you. Delivering uh, a couple more Pilsners. Thank you. <laughs> there you go, my man. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll drink this one here. Uh, no wonder it's award-winning. It's pretty tasty, huh? Um, cul-de-sac. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, I mean, they just opened a couple weeks ago, or maybe a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they... Uh, I don't know if they have people living there already. I imagine they do, but... Um, Car free mm-hmm. for anyone who hasn't heard about it. I think we wrote about it in our last issue of Phoenix Mag that no cars. It's all a bunch of like courtyards, living, uh, gym, and um, there's restaurants and markets and everything there that you would need. Just no cars. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think they're doing the ride share friendly kind of approach to transportation. Yep. They're probably pretty close to a light rail stop. <laughs> I think it's neat. I'm living downtown um, Phoenix, like I mentioned. I've met people that don't own a car, and at first they're like, "What? You don't own a car? How the heck do you make that work?" And right. You think about all oh, the shit. Everything's delivered these days, and if you live in a walkable neighborhood and or take you know transportation when you need to, it's doable. I think it's really cool. I like the name. I like the design. I like the people behind it. Um, I'm sure it'll work, but I definitely got my fingers crossed for them. Sure. And, Hope they continue to do some. I mean, they're huge bike advocates as well. I know yeah. They've lobbied yeah. hard, um, at least vocally, uh, to get more uh, bike paths in Tempe. And I support that. I was just in Canada where I spent half my youth. And even though I've known this, it was just more subconsciously, but that city was so well planned for biking like decades and decades and decades what ago. What city is that? Ottawa, Ontario. Ottawa, okay. You can bike virtually everywhere you need to, including into the suburbs. Like my dad used to ride his bike, I think like 20 kilometers to work every day or thereabouts, or maybe it was 10, I forget the exact thing, but it was just so feasible. And, you know, you can go down along the canal for half of it. So it's cool to see Arizona starting to expand that. I guess the weird part is that you got more distracted drivers than ever. And it's like, that makes me a little nervous how those two are converging. But. For sure. Yeah, as a bike rider, there's nothing worse than uh, not not getting that, that at least maybe that eye contact with the Gosh, driver when you're going by, right? I know. <laughs> Everyone's seen it. But the acknowledgement. Like you know, you're going 75 on the highway and you look over and someone's texting. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, I noticed a, uh, a couple when I walked in, they had their dog out here. Dog-friendly place here, Pedal House. In fact, yeah, uh, according to a, a, a story on AZ Central, you guys made the Yelp Top 100 for dog-friendly restaurants in the no U.S. Idea. Is that is that no a, a, a new award to hang up on the in the rafter? I have to do a little research on that. <laughs> um, yeah, just just Google it. Just Google Pedal House. You'll come up with all kinds. Of <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, the dog-friendly. You were the only one in Tempe. Really? There was oh, cool. uh, 11 others here in Arizona that made the list. 
Um, well, I think it was our first year open. We had a, a, a young gal who also was a waitress, but she was like uh, helping us, us with marketing uh, ideas. And she came up with Halloween, H-O-W-L. And so we started doing these uh, dog costume contests. Right on. And I can't say for sure if she thought of it. I, as far as I know, she did, and maybe people have kind of simultaneously thought about it because it's kind of an obvious pun. But yeah, we've been doing that for years, and it's a riot. Like people really get into yep. not only dressing up their dog, but they'll like dress up in a similar theme, whether it's the Lion King or you know whatever. Yeah, it's the new couple costume. Yeah, yeah. you and your dog. And one girl <laughs> and her dog that won it two years in a row, but she would like to paint the dog and like do the whole lion's mane, and then dress herself up and it was impressive how well she did and we always do it for charity so we'll partner with some kind of local dog charity right on do it here in tempe and we do it in chandler and we're doing it again this year on whatever the sunday is two days before halloween i think 30th i guess that would mean yeah so we have i I can uh think about that we have the arizona craft beer awards this year the festival's the 21st yeah sunday the 20th so saturday sunday so yeah halloween's on a tuesday you would do it the weekend before yeah Yeah. for sure yeah so and then you you guys are doing yeah now there's good i um I, I guess I can't admit I do dress my dog up, but yeah. it's fun. Why you know, not? yeah, he just puts on a shark fin and yeah. Um, uh, well, obviously before that, another big event, Oktoberfest. That's yeah. that's a big. Uh, you guys do a big here or down? Is it all in Chandler? Um, we will do one at every location. Okay, but the big one is now in Chandler. Um, I guess what was it? A couple of years ago. I don't remember if it was 20, I guess it was 2021. We did an extension uh, right outside the one in Chandler, the Petals in Chandler, and we sold out. It's packed. It's super duper fun. We have all kinds of silly games, you know, like we do the Steinhold and the broad eating, and now we've added the wiener toss. Uh, we try to catch a hot dog in your mouth, which is extremely entertaining. But um, Santan used to do uh, an Oktoberfest party as well. And they took a couple years off, I think, due to COVID. I think they're also trying to figure out how to tweak it to make it more manageable and less expensive. But anyways, we decided to just work with them, collaborate. So that little... Um, yeah, you got a great little big like, park, I think it's handshake, got a handshake deal with them down there. Yeah, or? we just... it's 50, Great partners. 50, yeah. You know, um, we share in the workload. We share in the costs and we share in the profits. Um, we direct traffic a little more on Oktoberfest and they direct traffic a little more on uh, the barbecue fest. Yep. So that kind of works out. Um, but yeah, it's fun. So it's coming up uh, September, whatever the last I think day it's September, September 30th. Is yeah, October, October 1st, 1st. Yeah. So yeah. Friday or is that Saturday, Sunday? I think I would know this. Saturday, Sunday, I believe. Okay. Maybe do what the first is. The yeah, it's uh, first Sunday or Sunday. Yeah, I can backtrack. <laughs> Let's see. I think it was uh, September 20th. Pretty sure it's Saturday. Anyways, Sunday. we'll we'll it's update Saturday, that in Sunday. the show Anyways, notes. You can Google it. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. Tickets are already available. Uh, you get a discount if you buy them ahead of time. I should. I, I'm pretty sure I wrote this down on my notes somewhere. I just wrote end of September. It's, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's September the last 30th. day of September and the first day of You're October. not going to do it on a Tuesday, Wednesday, right? percent sure it's on Saturday, Sunday For versus sure. Friday, Saturday. The reason I'm getting a little confused is Barbecue Fest is Friday, Saturday, but no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's Saturday, Sunday. Right on. 
Yeah, Man, all it, the same shenanigans as last year. Santan's bringing out a bunch of beer. We're bringing out a bunch of beer. We always make a killer Oktoberfest beer. And then, of course, we have the German style Pilsner, the light lager, the beer blanche. All those classic, mm. classic uh, German yeah. style, true to style, yeah. uh, you know, uh, things you would expect at October, you know, Oktoberfest yeah, celebration. Pea-soaked lederhosen and come on out. <laughs> we'll have the same. That's a built-in costume contest right there. Yeah. yeah. So I've been rocking lederhosen for years, not only for the uh, Pedal House Oktoberfest parties, but I've been to the the, the mothership in uh, Munich. But this year I'm actually going with some uh, customized overalls for my lederhosen. So all right, we're gonna have to get out goes. there and we're gonna have to send our photographer <laughs> out there. Partly because it's a little toasty even <laughs> for at sure. the end of September, and um, the ones I've currently been rocking are like the three-quarter length, so it gets a little hot. But yeah, we'll be bouncing wieners off people's foreheads and doing the sausage eating competition, the Steinhold cool. competition. They're literally super entertaining. Like if you've never been to one, even if you don't like beer, I mean, A, Santan's bringing out a ton of their like canned cocktails and the booze. And I think there's probably margaritas and stuff. It's just super fun. Bands all day. It's, uh, it sounds more like uh, the Arizona you know, spin on Oktoberfest to, to do it that way. Yeah. I mean, I wish it was a little cooler, but hey, listen, I don't think a little heat stops us Arizonans. It never does. No. <laughs> it never does. This is a good party, guaranteed. You'll see some video floating around on probably our social media or maybe the Oktoberfest website. But it's fun. I love it. It's my favorite party of the year. And obviously with Pedal House in our name, it's kind of like our Super Bowl. Yeah. As long as you have that, then people are going to associate that name with an awesome party, an awesome Oktoberfest. So yeah, it's good. Um, really we'll check is. that out. Hope and then out there. we want people to check out the housewarming party. It is Friday, August 25th. I got that yep, right. Yep. 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 So yeah, we're going to get off track a little bit, but so that whole space is, is now more dining. Great for private parties. Got the stage for live music and the dust will be settled. The flags will be hung. The bands will be tuning up and ready to rock on Friday, October 25th. Um, I think we're getting close to sold out, but there's probably maybe 10 left. Uh, there's a VIP package, which is kind of a good deal. For 50 bucks plus tax and tip, it's like includes drinks and food and uh, the area closest to the stage. So you have a guaranteed seat. Um, I'm sure it's available through social media, website, Eventbrite, whatever, yep. but there's also, you can also just go online and get a ticket for free and then you get your first beer for a dollar. Yeah. You have beer specials, so you, you have here, raffle six hours prizes, of live music, not only for free, but your first beer for dollars, so you're saving whatever, five or six bucks. Just go on to find that Eventbrite, go on our social media and just get yourself an Eventbrite ticket. When you come, then you get the, a card or something to get the dollar beer. So it's going to be super fun. And we're pretty excited to see people's yeah. reaction to this completely new space. That For used sure. to be a bunch of steel. <laughs> it is cool. It is cool showing off a, a remodel job there. Um, you yeah. ever, now that the, the production's gone, do you ever miss uh, seeing Doc around the brewery? Yeah, I miss the dudes. And I know they miss being here because it's a little more of a social environment. Yeah. Than, uh, the you know brewing out of a warehouse um but yeah i do miss seeing the guys 
for sure. Brewery guys are the best. We love them. Um, oh, yeah. We love talking to them. So I've uh, never met a dick in the brewing industry. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> it's fun. They're making beer all day. What could go wrong? Yeah. Um, so that's it for me, Julian. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. Right, thanks, Matthew. And remember, speaking of craft beer, we have the second annual Arizona Craft Beer Awards and Festival coming up in October. The festival is Saturday, October 21st in Glendale on the Great Lawn of State Farm Stadium. Make sure you get all the information by following our ACBA Fest account on Instagram and Arizona Craft Beer Awards and Festival on Facebook. We have all the information, everything craft beer here in Arizona there, and you can learn more about getting your tickets. Come out and join us at the next big Phoenix Magazine event, the Arizona Craft Beer Awards Festival. Well, thanks to Julian Wright and the great folks over there at Pedal House. Look for more information on the events we talked about in the show notes and on phoenixmag.com. Next week on the podcast, we are starting our conversations with the Great 48 alumni. For our longtime readers of Phoenix Magazine, you know our annual Great 48 list of fabulous Phoenicians who represent all areas such as business, media, the arts, politics, medicine, and so much more. First up, we're chatting with Tony Say, creator of the local Buzz app and one of our Great 48 honorees in 2022. This year's nominations are underway, and we'll have that feature in the November-December issue of Phoenix. Remember to look for the Phoenix Magazine podcast on Amazon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. God willing, we will see you here next week.